The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When a longtime listener of the show contacted me, needing help with shadow men in his house, I was more than willing to help. But as I was trying to figure out a way to help him banish these entities from his house, It led me down a very bizarre path. I found a man who claims that you can command shadow people to assault your enemies. And then I found a few cases of a very troubling nature, which leads us to ask the question, is the shadow man a sex offender? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. That's okay. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. Man, I just, I got a stomach bug. I know I've been talking about medical stuff this whole, the last couple episodes, and everything's going fine, and now I have like a 20, I hope it's a 24-hour bug. There's everyone saying, my little tummy hurts. My little tummy's all rumbly. As my tummy, as my tummy's, in comes one of our legacy Patreons bringing me some Pepto-Bismol. It's Brian Kim. Everyone give a round of applause to Brian Kim. He's so awesome delivering me Pepto at this late hour. Brian, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. So as we're hanging out in Dead Rabbit Central and I'm drinking this Pepto-Bismol, we're all sitting around this giant table and there's this like, map behind us with, like, little lights and stuff like that. You like this theater of the mind. You can totally picture it. We're standing there, and Brian Kim is standing next to me like a bodyguard. He has cool sunglasses on. Nothing else. Totally nude except for his sunglasses. I don't know how many vehicles we're going to take on this one, Brian, but I'll make sure I'll get you into the carpenter copter at some point. But first off, let me give you a little bit of introduction to this story. So, the other day, a listener of the show named Dan reached out to me via Facebook and, and asked me, If I knew a way to get rid of shadow people. Now, this is a really interesting topic, and it's one that I've talked about once or twice on this show. I I talked about my own experiences with shadow people. Um, And and the very infamous episode, The Shadow People Invasion, that was the first episode that sparked off the whole Forrest Finn debacle. But um, Shadow Man, it's really like, it's up there with aliens and Bigfoot, and it's like a top-tier paranormal thing so i've mentioned it here and there but i've never really done a deep dive into it outside of my own experiences because it's so mainstream and dan reached out to me and he goes do you know a way to deal with shadow people and he tells me this story this is what's going on with him the other day it was about four in the morning and him and his father were in their house and as they were walking through the living room dan looks over and he sees what he can only describe as a shadow man, a being, an entity made entirely of darkness. If you, needed, if you needed a description, you're like, dude, I know what a shadow man is. This isn't my first go around on the paranormal world. He sees a shadow man crouched behind his couch. And when Dan and his father notice it, the shadow man moves. He reacts to their gaze. He hides. And startles Dan, and he talks to his dad about it. And at that point, he finds out that his dad and his brother, Dan's brother, have been seeing shadow men for quite a while. 
There's other personal family information that he involves, like where his dad works and stuff like that, that I, I don't really want to go into, just because I don't want to dox the dude. I don't want more shadow people to find him. But just throughout the father's life, he really since the late 80s, early 90s, he's been seeing these things, and he works in a job where he may encounter those things. He works at, he works at Shadow Man Conglomerate. It's the factory where they make them. No, he's seen these throughout. And from what I gather through the messages that we traded, the father's also been seeing them in the house as well. I thought it was a really interesting story because my experiences with Shadow Men are pretty stand the pretty standard. Shadow people seem to, for the most part, move through human environments the same way we would walk through a park. We're totally unaware of the insects and the birds and the little kitty cats and everything. We may stop and go, aww, but for the most part, we don't care. We'll walk right over a gopher's house and not think twice about it. To us, we're not even thinking there's a gopher under our feet. Basically, they seem so supreme, they truly are alien. So I thought it was really odd that this Shadow Man reacted the way that it did, because that's not part of the lore. The Shadow Man should have been standing in the hallway. Dan had seen it. And maybe the Shadow Man moves. Maybe it just stays there. And then it flickers out of existence. But it wouldn't react to human interaction. So I thought that was really, really interesting. But like I said, Shadow People are really, really mainstream. So while I was trying to help out Dan, at the same time, I'm thinking maybe I can find a way to... I find a new spin on the shadow people phenomenon. So I begin looking around. Brian, go ahead and put some clothes on. You got to get dressed for this. Go ahead. Let's hop in the hair hang glider. We don't use this very often. We're all going to grab onto Brian's ankles. We're all going to fly away. And we are headed out to the United Kingdom. And in Britain, we're going to see a spooky castle. And this castle contains a supervillain. Now, longtime listeners of the show will know who I'm talking about. Once I say his name, you probably don't have enough clues now. We go into the spooky castle, and there we meet S. Rob. S. Rob is someone I covered, uh, uh, what was it, like 200 episodes ago. It's a man who has unlocked the secrets of the universe and has crafted the most powerful spells known to man that you can master for $2.99 through the Kindle app on Amazon. He writes all of these books. He wrote How to Be a Supervillain. I think that's what we covered on the show. But he's written books on how to control armies of goblins. Uh, He wrote a book on how to use cartoons for magic. Now, I had planned on doing more episodes on him, but a lot of his stuff is wackier. Like, the titles sound wackier, and then when you read it, it's kind of a slog. Sure, I did learn to become a master of the dark arts from reading all of his books, but I didn't share that information with you. Actually, a big reason I didn't share it with you was because his spells became increasingly more demonic, and I'm not an idiot. Like, on that supervillain episode, I read out a spell, and I was thinking, even when I was reading it, and then when I was editing it, I was like, I'm okay with this. Like, sure, this spell might work, and I might be casting a curse on all my listeners, but I think it's fine. But then as I was reading, like, his goblin stuff and his cartoon magic, it was like, open the gates of hell into your house, Jason Carpenter. I was like, yeah, how does he know my name? It got really, really dark. 
Uh, Bennett, I want to give a shout out to Bennett too, longtime listener of the show. He's the one who turned me on to the S Rob phenomenon. So Bennett's like, I don't want credit for this, dude. In his original email, he goes, I don't want to give this guy any money. But I did. I've been giving this guy money. I've been reading his books. But when I was looking for a novel way to explore the Shadow Man phenomenon to discuss on this show, because I didn't want to just go over the normal Shadow Man stuff, I found S. Rob's book, How to Command an Army of Shadow Men Against Your Enemies. Now, I saw the title of that book. I've given this dude so much money, so much money, and I stopped reading his books a while ago. I saw the title of that book, and I was like, well, okay, do I really want to pay three bucks to read? I know what his books are going to be. All of his books are exactly the same. There's one spell in each book, and then there's ten chapters, and each chapter, the, the wording of the spell changes a little differently, and it's three bucks. Or if you use the Kindle app, you still read it, and he still gets paid. I don't have a problem with paying him. I don't have a moral problem with paying him. I just got tired of giving. I think I've given him a total of like 30 or $40 from reading all of his books. This is not like a moral thing. I just just don't want to keep spending money. So when I saw the title of his book, I go, I'm just going to go through the table of contents. Maybe that'll give me much. <laughs> Jason, that's that's really good to admit on your well-researched paranormal show. I'm just going to go through his table of comments and, and see, because he lists the different spells in the book. I'll just read those, right? Looking through the spells, how to command them to attack your enemy, obviously. Then another chapter is how to command Shadowmen to steal someone's luck. Like what, does everyone have a personal leprechaun and the shadowmen are tying him up, throwing him in his shadow van? Then I get to getting the shadow people to steal someone's looks. I'm like, what? That's intriguing. That's kind of intriguing. It's not $2.99 intriguing, but it was intriguing. The chapter after that, getting an army of shadowmen to partially reverse a person's gender. I was like, okay, he got me. I got to click the buy now button because I have no idea what what that is. You got me, Ezra. You got me. Dang it. Your Shadow Man army took over my Amazon account. So I did read partially. I only read the chapters that I wanted to read. I did purchase, though, how to command an army of Shadow Men against your enemies. S. Rob isn't using the word army lightly either. In his book, you're sending three battalions of shadowmen against someone, which he has as around 1,500 shadow people. So he talks about them going and stealing people's luck. Oh, and of course, the spell is Leviathan, Mouth of Hell, open up all this horrible. It's like, I'm, no, I'm not reading this spell. It's not funny. But anyways, he has all this stuff, attacking your enemies and stealing their luck, stealing their money, which I can just imagine, 1,500 shadowmen carrying out bags, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck bags with dollar signs on them out of a bank. That's a lot of shadow people. But anyways, so when he's talking about, the, the stealing people's looks is pretty self-explanatory. The shadowmen show up. You're like, no, it's not. It's super bizarre. The shadow people show up and they suck away someone's good looks and give it to you. So if you're ever like, no matter how much you're working out, you start to look, you start to look hideous, you start to look like the witch from Snow White, you might want to look around for 1,500 shadows. And if your greatest enemy starts to look more beautiful, then you absolutely know. Just go to their Amazon order history, see that they bought this book, or you buy it, and take your looks back, the shadow people. So that's basic stuff like that. But I've paid $2.99 to see how it's possible. Not how it's possible, it's impossible, but I, what did he mean by partially change or partially reverse a person's gender? 
you give a man boobs and you give a woman a beard. I'm like, what? First off, Taco Bell will give a man boobs. That's, you don't need 1,500 shadowmen to do that. You just need 1,500 chalupas. Bearded woman, who cares? First off, I would, if I was a shadow man, if I was a shadow man coming through the mouth of Leviathan with 1,500 of my buddies, I'd be a little upset if the only thing you're using me for is to give some chick a beard that she can just shave off. And you're like, oh man, you used the powers, you used the elemental forces of the dam to do that. Giving a man boobs, that's nothing. He also says you can shrink the man's genitals, but you're like, Jason, that's a little more important. You left out. But I mean, that, who, again, like that, who cares about that? But shrinking genitals probably did, probably, probably did bury the lead on that one. But he says giving a man boobs first, too, as well. But again, there's a lot of easier ways to do that than opening the mouth of hell. But I will give S. Robert credit for this. I also want to thank my Patreons. For supporting the show once again, because I wouldn't spend my money on this. I'm using your money. I do give S. Rob credit for this. This was really interesting. I've studied the Shadowman phenomenon for a long time because I was actively had to engage with it. If you're interested in more of that, I'll put the episode in the show notes. He has a theory about the Shadowman phenomenon. So, so, I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day. He says that in his theory, Shadow Men are not demons, but they're entities that are native to the dimensional plane of hell which is an interesting way to look at it and it it would kind of explain why they usually act the way they do in the sense that they just seem to wander around and seem to not really care what humans are doing a demon a demon's whole purpose is the destruction of humanity soul by soul A, a normal resident of hell though that wasn't thrust into hell but something that lived there long before the demons entered it they wouldn't care about the petty war between God and Lucifer. The same thing if that if you were an indigenous person of a continent that got invaded, and then the people who invaded it go to war with another country, you're like, I, you guys can both blow up for all I care, or just I don't. It doesn't matter. You, you guys are both of a nuisance. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna float around and give women beards. So that was a really interesting theory. I'd never heard that before. So I'll give S. Rob credit for that. We don't know if it's true, it's just a theory, but it's an interesting way to look at it. They definitely have some sort of interdimensional properties. I've always thought of them not as aliens in the sense that spacecraft, galactic federation, anything like that, or even aliens in the sense that they're explorers from another dimension. They almost just seem like we're seeing something, not of our reality, and they really don't care about us one or the other. But... As much as we love reading about S. Rob and paying $2.99 to find out that you can give a man boobs, that wasn't really the answer to Dan's question. He did not go, I'm afraid the Shadow Man's going to give me boobs, please help. That was not his question. He asked me specifically, how can I get rid of him? But I still was looking for a way to talk about it on this show in a way that we've never talked about Shadow People before. Brian, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are headed out to a very dark place, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is going to get real creepy real quick. Carpenter copters flying over creepy place and real quick lane. We're flying over there. We know exactly where it's at. We've been here many times on this show. Brian, bring that Carpenter copter down. We are going to meet a young person named Screaming Bagel Double X. That's the user handle. Now, Screaming Bagel Double X, I'm not for sure what the person's gender is. I Part of me thinks 
It's a girl. Could be the two X's in the name. I don't know. Doesn't X also mean kisses? But, I mean, the Screaming Bagel could just throw anyone off. But we're just... It doesn't really matter. I'm going to refer to most of the people in this story. I know one of them, but we're going to refer to all of them as women. Screaming Bagel Double X posts on Reddit. Shadow Man in Intimate Dreams? Question mark. I had been looking Shadow Man... I had been looking up Shadow Man information. This popped up. Shadow Man in Intimate Dreams. Screaming Bagel asks a question on Reddit, and they actually posted it in several different subreddits related to paranormal phenomenon. They posted it in Paranormal, they posted it in Dream Interpretation, and they posted it in Shadow People. And really, the threads died off after two or three comments. No one else really wanted to talk about this. Screaming Bagel says, I'm having issues with these dreams, nightmares. I don't really know how to describe them. Kind of mixed bag on them. I have a dream, and the Shadow Man has sex with me. And not only does the Shadow Man have sex with me, it becomes a wet dream. I actually orgasm while I'm sleeping. It's the only time I've ever orgasmed while I was sleeping, was during the Shadow Man dream. It's interesting because someone responds to Screaming Bagel, but they deleted their responses. But we can see Screaming Bagel responding to their comments, where she fills in more information as to what is actually going on. She says the shadow man will appear in her dreams, and it is a typical shadow figure. But the eyes and the mouth, which are normally completely invisible on shadow people, are there. Kind of. She said when you look at the eyes and the mouth, they're see-through. That's actually creepier than not having eyes or mouth at all. When the shadow man's approaching her, when she looks into the shadow man's eyes, she can see what's standing behind the entity. Same thing with the mouth. She says when the shadow man moves, it looks like a scribble. She said it actually looked like a swarm of something. If you had a bunch of gnats in a very, very close form, the way they vibrate, that's the way it would appear as it was moving. Now, neither of those match up to normal shadow man lore, but shadow man lore is you seeing them in real life, and they don't do a ton of movement. They'll walk, but I've never had one really approach me with any intent, so I can't completely dismiss it. Also, the way that a Shadow Man appears in reality may be different the way than a Shadow Man appears in a dream. She said the Shadow Man will approach her and have sex with her, and she'll orgasm in her dream, and she'll wake up. And she goes, that's the problem. I don't want to have sex with the shadow man, but my body is having a physical reaction to it. Mentally, I'm tormented by it. But because of the way it makes my body feel, I'm having a hard time dealing with this whole thing. Now, this type of stuff is really out of the realm for paranormal researchers. So I can understand why these threads didn't really take off. People who are going into haunted houses looking for ghosts and stuff like that, these stories get far grimmer than that. Because what she's describing is sexual assault. It's unwanted. Whether or not her body's having a reaction to it is irrelevant. It's unwanted. To add something even creepier to this level, she says, sometimes the dream will start off, and I'm in a red room with no walls. That's a very, very creepy image, because where is the red coming from? She goes, it's, I'm in a void. There's a floor, there's a bed, the room is red, but nothing else. It's just a void. The shadow man approaches, and we have sex. 
that's creepy enough. That's creepy enough. She says other times she'll be having a normal dream. Hanging out with her friends, bungee jumping, capturing Donald Duck. And the Shadow Man will appear in that normal dream. And while everyone else is just reacting normally, it will approach her. So there's no safety for her. She could be having a normal dream and then this dream interferes with that. She says that once the act begins, she doesn't really remember anything. She just knows that she orgasms when she wakes up. And she traces it back to an event that happened when her and her friend were staying at her grandmother's house where they were experiencing poltergeist activity at this house. And one night she was there with her and her friend and they saw a shadow man in the hallway of the grandma's house. One night she was laying on the couch and she heard the sounds of a man stomping through the house, opening cabinets, even though there should be no adult male there. She tried to ignore it as best as she could. She was too scared to even look to see what it was. And it turned out there was no adult man in that house. She found out that the person who had constructed the house had died of a heart attack in the garden. It was a man who had built the house himself, but he eventually died in the garden connected to the house so it's possible that this is a ghost of this man who's doing these things which would explain the discrepancies in the shadow man lore it could be this man is presenting as a shadow man it could be a shadow man but again you have to look at the lore what does the lore say well in this reddit thread even though they're all really short somebody else does pop in hadassah 11 says, the same thing has happened to me. I have these dreams where the shadow man shows up and we have sex. Both of these stories could be real-life trauma that they've blocked out and this is the way their mind is trying to process it, which makes the story infinitely more sad and terrifying. But it could be a paranormal event and neither... The first story that I read, I go, that's really not part of the shadow man lore. There's some discrepancies there. But having two of them makes these creatures far more menacing than just standing in your hallway as you're getting ready to go to bed. You see something out of the corner of your eye. Even seeing something hiding behind your couch and moving. That's creepier than simply seeing something motionless at the end of your hallway. Seeing something reacting to you gives it the thought process that it's trying to hide from you. The one at the end of your hallway doesn't care whether or not you see it or you don't see it. The same way a human doesn't care if a duck sees it, unless he's hunting ducks. But to give the shadow man a motive of sexual assault, sexual pleasure, turns it into a completely different phenomenon. But we have the shadow man assaulting these two girls. I do have another example that I don't really want to get into detail with, um, just because we're running out of time, and... Because the person who experienced it was using meth at the time. So, you know, that's the problem. It's, in, it's an interesting story. This woman, she claims that one night she's in bed after a meth binge. And she see this is farther out of the Shadow Man lore, but I wanted to include it just because it does fit the narrative. She sees jet black tentacles appear underneath her bedsheets. And something dark and cosmic, something horrific begins to rape her for hours and hours and hours. She's assaulted by this dark, tentacled, void creature. And she was looking for help. And, you know, that was an unfortunate story, obviously, for the experience. Whether or not it happened, whether or not any of these happened, they're definitely psychologically damaging. 
this woman, she posted this on May 8th, 2020, and she was smoking meth. She said that this went on and on. She posted this on the meth board, on the meth subreddit. And people just said, stop smoking meth. Now, that absolutely could be the answer. That probably is the answer. She's probably having meth psychosis. But the scary thing is, is what if she wasn't? Like, the whole idea of people who do meth, they see shadow people. Are they seeing them because they're up all night? Are they seeing them because they're in a meth psychosis? Or are they real and the meth psychosis allows them to see them? That's the big question. Is it the chicken or the egg? She may have actually been assaulted by some sort of cosmic entity. I know we're really, really stretching credulity at this time. If it really happened to her, the fact that she was using meth at the time completely demolishes the narrative. I actually had that story researched and ready to go since May of last year, and I decided really to never cover it. I I thought it was a little too dark. But as I was looking at this stuff, I said, well, it fits this. It fits this idea that the darkness, the shadow people, are far more malevolent than I gave them credit for. If you listen to my shadow people invasion episode and listen to this episode, you can tell my tone is different when talking about these things. So are these things sexual predators? We won't know the answer to that, but I know the question you guys are really wondering is Dan's question. How do you protect yourself from these things? Especially now. You got armies of them walking around trying to give you boobs. And then you got this far more gruesome story that I'm not cracking jokes about. How do you protect yourself from these things? Now, if you listen to my early episode, I don't I want to sound like I'm pitching that episode. I just gave a lot of information on that. And then I gave more information on the episode entitled The Angel, which I'll put that in the show notes as well. There's a couple ways to do it. The way I did it is not a way that I recommend people to do it because I don't know what the long-term effects of it were. And that was, I know I say a lot of outlandish things, but usually they don't involve me. This is one of the most outlandish things I can say that involves me. I meditated. I used to be really into that type of stuff. I meditated and I tore out a piece of my own soul. You guys really want to listen to those old episodes if you haven't heard it. I tore out in my mind, in my mind. I didn't like rip off a piece of flesh. I'm a pound of flesh. In my meditation processes, I removed a small chunk of my soul and turned it into a soul blade. I don't want to say soul sword because that's what magic uses. Ileana Rasputin. (laughs) But anyways, I basically craft, I basically turned a piece of my soul into a weapon that I could use externally. I know it sounds super exciting. It's not as exciting as I made it sound, but I don't know what the long-term ramifications of that act was. And it took me a long time. I used to really be into meditation and cleansing rituals and things like that. Cleansing my spaces. And I really studied it and I really worked hard on it. So for me, that was something I was willing to do. But that was the thing when Dan asked me, I go, my first thing was cleansing rituals. And I was asking him what his experiences are with those things. You can't do them if you don't know how to do them. Some people just get sage and smudge places. You put it around the corners of their house. But if you don't know what you're doing, you could be making things worse. So I don't recommend doing that. Unless you want to put in all of the time and all of the self-practice to to, uh, to learn those skills. And again, even then, I don't know what the long-term ramifications are of me doing that act. But you can do... Don't do that. Don't do that. But you can do cleansing. This is what they recommend. I looked at a couple different uh, sources, and this is pretty much what they recommend 
to take care of shadow people. My first thing would be to consult a member of your religious community. That would always be my first thing to do because they're going to have more information on this than you are. But Or if you're not a member of a church, but you sway of a particular way, uh, just consult them. You don't have to be a member of a church to call up like a priest or a cleric. You can say, hey, I'm having, I'm having these issues. I'm, I know I'm not a member here, but I'm having these issues. For the most part, they'll be willing to help you. That's kind of their job. So consult a member of your religious community would be my first thing. Make a phone call and say, I'm, ha- I'm having trouble here. Secondly, the cleansing ritual. And you can look them up online. They do talk about smudging places with sage. For that, the, any instructions I give you in this podcast are not going to be sufficient. You can look at the show notes, but I would specifically look at cleansing rituals, in-depth rituals on how to cleanse an area. They're not super elaborate, but it is how you smudge where to smudge, what time of day to smudge, and all of that. They also make an interesting thing involving the shadow people as opposed to other entities. You need to completely declutter your environment. So it's not enough of just uh, moving white sage all over your area. You gotta clean up. You gotta clean your room. I know everyone says they sound like Jordan Peterson. You gotta clean your room is what you need to do. For two reasons. One, a decluttered space is a decluttered mind. And two, this is interesting, just a little bit of science here, you're physically eliminating shadows from the area. You've got to declutter the environment physically as well as spiritually. And very important, and this again is why you would be good consulting a religious leader, you've got to cleanse yourself spiritually. Banish out those dark thoughts. You can still enjoy dark content. You can still enjoy ghost stories and watch horror movies. But like we've talked about on the show as well, intrusive thoughts, unwanted thoughts, you want to release those out of your system as well. Because that may be what's attracting the shadow people in the first place. It's okay, again, because I always like to say this because people enjoy dark content. It's okay to read ghost stories and true crime stories and things like that. It's okay to think about those stories. But when you dwell on them, When it goes from beyond a spooky story to a story you can't get out of your head, a story that is consuming you, you're no longer enjoying it. You're a prisoner to it. That's the difference. You got to purge all that stuff out. So it's not easy. And that might be the hardest step of all, is to purge the darkness out of ourselves. But cleanse your environment spiritually, cleanse your environment physically, And then cleanse yourself. We all know the bad habits we have. And dark entities are attracted to bad habits. I've given you a little bit of hope. But to end this episode off, I'm going to have to snatch it away. S. Rob, the powerful wizard, has another theory involving shadow people. He said that because shadow people are citizens of hell, but not actual demons... They are not beholden to exorcisms. A demon cannot stand up to the word of God. But a cat could. A duck could. You could read Holy Scripture all day long to a gorilla. He's still going to pick his nose. But a demon is commanded by those texts. A shadow man is not. However... S. Rob's theory is that shadow men are also very savvy. Even though exorcisms don't command them to leave, they leave anyways. 
or at least they pretend to. They disappear back into the darkness. The family once again thinks they are back to normal. The house is at peace. But the shadow man still lurks there in the darkness. Waiting. Biding its time. Watching the family from the corner of the room underneath the table. Watching them smile and laugh. Watching them enjoy each other's company. And slowly, from the corner of the room, drain that energy from them. Appears at the foot of their bed, stands behind them in the shower, crawls through the cabinets late at night when you're looking for a snack. It's always there. It just pretended to leave. If S. Rob's theory is correct, could Sage stop one of these things? Could mental cleansing stop one of these things? Or does it just appear to delay the inevitable? Does it just seem to stop the shadow man in this moment? But really, he is just waiting. Because you felt empowered when you did those things. And it needs to attack you at your weakest. The shadow man is always watching. And when the time is right is when you will see him at the end of your hallway once more. No, I'm just kidding. We can totally beat him up. We can totally beat him, Shadow Man. You hold him, I'm going to punch him in the stomach. I'm not going to give this guy a win. I'm going to take away. I'm not giving this guy any hope. You hold him, I'm going to punch him in the stomach. We'll take turns getting him, give him little noogies. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Bye.